The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have a guest that is here for an intuitive reading. And this one is super duper exciting because this guest has been on my show. I've been on her show and she is a fantabulous psychic in her very own right. So I'm just, I'm so excited to play together. Laura Powers, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. I just got goosebumps as you said that. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm excited too. And I love doing this. And we were talking a little bit before we went live that, you know, sometimes when you're the one always giving the readings on behalf of other people, it's so nice to be able to get out of the way and receive. And it's a very different experience, right? It is. And also, I think it's it's great on both sides. I know when I read other psychics, the information comes through very clear. It's like, it's just a really fun space to play in. But yes, I love to get readings. But I have to say, I will only do it from, I would say, very talented, very clear channels. Yeah, because, you know, other people's I would say blocks or beliefs can come in through the reading. So I just, I want to say that too. I think uh, when you do this work, you have to be even more selective of who you go to for reading. I am rubbing that in, my friend. I am taking (laughs) taking that in. I I feel very honored and cherished that you have chosen to do this on the show and chosen this channel. That makes my day. And I think it's true too. And I also think, you know, everyone out there that's doing what they're doing, if they're doing it with, you know, clear intention and an open heart is attracting in exactly the people that they need to serve. But I do feel that as we do this for a while, you start to see, and I can read sometimes when someone gives me information that happened this morning, actually not in a psychic capacity in another capacity, but you know, someone gives you information and you're like, you can see what they can't say. (laughs) Like, I know what the guys are trying to say, but they're not, they're not clear enough yet to see that through their filter. And that could be a thing too. And that's why I always invite whoever's in the receiving seat to always try it on and make sure it feels right to you. I think that's a wonderful thing to know that, you know, you have to see how something sits with you as a a reading, someone who's receiving the reading as well. And also as someone who's receiving, sometimes you have your own block. So it definitely goes both ways. So it's, it's, it's all a fascinating world and I'm so excited to play. And I, I do believe in divine timing. It's so funny. I'm not often in this podcast group, um, but I just happened to pop in and saw your post about this. And I was like, yes, it totally resonated. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited because as some of you know, because we've talked about it on the show, I get the guests for the reading from these podcast groups because I know that they're podcasters and they have the right equipment and they understand entertainment value and, and they sometimes want readings too. But I was so excited when Laura messaged me and she's like, I want to do it. So yay, I'm excited. And stuff is now coming through, but can you share with me a little bit about where you might want to focus today? Yeah, there's two areas that I think are coming in for me. One is I'm really going through this kind of massive up-leveling right now. And Also, I think I would say a shift or maybe even a refinement of my purpose and how I'm doing my purpose. So I'm getting more guided towards entertainment specifically. 
and television and kind of bigger media. And I think one of the reasons is I can just simply reach more people with my message that way. So I'd love any guidance or messages about that, you know, how to be more effective, how to bring that in, in an aligned way. Love it. And the other one is quite interesting. So I was in Egypt recently and, and I used to work in Cairo and there's such a strong sort of past life pull for me there. And I was there, this was about two weeks ago. That's actually when you and I connected to schedule this, interestingly. And just got this download that I think uh, more of my purposes involves Cairo and Egypt than I expected. And it was kind of like, whoa, it, it surprised me, the information that came in. So I would just love to see what you get about me and my purpose and Egypt specifically. Okay. Wow. Now I have two different... <laughs> things and they both involve past lifetimes and they're totally different. <laughs> I'm going to do the short answer on Egypt because I really want to follow the other thread more. Both of your questions dovetail really beautifully and nicely. With the Egypt connection, what I'm going to say really quickly is there's a lot that you want to reawaken from the experiences in the past lifetimes that you've had in that country, ancient to present. So it's a full range, but particularly early on. And some of them were very miraculous is the words that the guides say, and some of them were less than. And um, you're just integrating a lot of learning that you had in a lot of bodies in that timeline. And that is exactly the verbiage that comes through. So I think that probably resonates with you. Probably when you're there, you get your own spontaneous memories, but you haven't put them all together yet to kind of get the whole gestalt, but you will. So I would just keep following it, keep traveling there when you feel like it. And also just a lot of it's getting done in your sleep, in your dreams. So watch your dreams now because you're integrating a lot of that trip in your dreams. And some of the places that you went, more places that you've been before. And to listeners out there, and, and Laura, you already know this, you don't necessarily have to go back to a geographical place in the world that you experienced a past lifetime in order to you know, have resolution with that lifetime. But sometimes we do. And it's really sweet and fun when we play with that, right? Because it just activates it in such a more powerful way. And that's been your calling there all along because you've just had so many lifetimes in that region going all the way back, but all the way to forward. So it's not just ancient Egypt. It's like throughout time. And there's just a lot of lessons that you're still wanting to learn and incorporate for this next stage of your being. Does that make sense? It totally does. And just to give people some context, like I've been fascinated with Egypt since I was like a little girl. And it's not like I was in my family circle or something as right. something to have in my awareness. And I do believe that there's such a strong connection for me there. And, and it manifested in this interesting way. So my undergrad's in theater, so I majored in theater, and right after I graduated, I got a job in theater in Cairo, which is totally weird. <laughs> it's not a right. typical, it's not like <laughs> Cairo is really known for, you know, English-speaking theater, Right. <laughs> which is what I was working in. And I, I just know, like, when the universe sort of conspires to take you to place in such an unusual way, what a resonance there is. And yes, the more I'm there, the more I'm kind of getting these little glimpses and insights. And yes, I've had very magical experiences in Egypt, and also very painful experiences in Egypt. And I think there's a lot of healing and integration that I'm doing. But it became clear to me that it's really important. Like, that's something that I don't think I realized until this last trip, that it's actually really important for the next phase of my development to play in that water somehow. 
Yes. And I'm seeing particularly a past lifetime and the word Phoenix comes through, which I don't think it has anything to do with Egypt mythology, but I could be wrong because I'm not really um, left brainy when it comes to that stuff. But the word Phoenix comes through and I think it may actually be a connection to some of the other things that want to come through today. But I see a woman and I see, and you've probably seen this too, very thin, very thin for some reason, which was not necessarily fashionable, by the way, at the time. So too thin is what I'm seeing, but still considered really beautiful, beautiful, like bronze skin. And what I see in particular are, you know, the kind of um, armbands where it's gold and it's wrapped around like a snaky kind of thing on your forearms. I see that. I see rings, almost a belly dancer vibe, but not quite, you know, the the beautiful makeup that we often associate with Egypt. And you were some kind of a performer, but I believe that you might have also been a slave. So that sort of juxtaposition, you were considered an incredibly talented performer. You had a beautiful singing voice, like angels singing when you sang, but there was not a freedom. There was not a freedom of movement to it, right? Because I do believe that you were still considered a slave or, you know, concubine or something along those lines. And so there was a fragility to that. There was an ability for you to share your gifts, but not fully step into your power. And because of also the very male-dominated society and the fact that you were considered a beautiful woman, but a very fragile woman, not a powerful woman. I mean, the thinness is really important. The thinness might've partially been just because you didn't have the right nutrition, but also there was just a frailty to you in that body. Okay. And though you were beautiful and ethereal, it wasn't quite the physical form that was desirable at that time. But in a way, if you had had that physical form and stepped into your power in your curvy woman body, it would have been of detriment to you. It would have been more of a problem. So staying thin kept you safe. Does all of this resonate? Your face is nodding. Oh, I just, I think I have so many lives there. Right. So it's like, I think I've been anything from a slave to, you know, royalty, like very powerful and yes. it's all there. So when I'm in Egypt, it's like, there's a lot, like there's a right. lot that comes through, but it's interesting because one of the messages that I got was one of the things I'm working on healing is like women and women's power yes. in Egypt. So you bring up this sort of slave lifetime it resonates for me because I think that's what I'm being guided to work on for myself as well as, you know, just women's power in general in the region. And the thing was, is that you were not presented really as a slave. It was like, you know, it's sort of as if like the, you know, the black performers, you know, early on in like the 40s, everyone loved and enjoyed their music, but, you know, they weren't allowed to like hang out in the clubs they were performing in. Right. So it was that kind of vibe where you were elevated when you were on stage, but nowhere else, no other time. And so there was just this little bit of freedom where the bird could come out of the cage and fly around and then boom, you know, that was over and you were never treated as an equal. And you had to be very cautious and careful because you were not totally in a safe space and owning your own power and owning your own sensuality. Like there was always a making sure that you weren't too desirable to the people around you that would have taken advantage and could have taken advantage. So, you know, slave might not even be exactly the right word, but, you know, it could have been an immigrant. It could have been, but it was a place where you didn't really have full power. Okay. And being a woman made it worse, but you had this beautiful, 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 cherished gift. And um, I feel that you're playing the juxtaposition of those two things now as you enter into your power, but there's also a vulnerability and a fear and a part of you that feels you have to protect, you know, that inner beauty, that inner beauty, that inner angel, that inner gift. And, you know, sometimes I think there's also, and I want to get this from the guide so I get it correctly, but they say, go ahead. 
you know, and and I got this message from someone else today listening to a podcast. So these things always align. Sometimes we feel like we have to protect our tender heart and we build walls around that tender heart so it doesn't get hurt, so it doesn't get bruised, so it doesn't get broken. And the message that came through in the podcast that I was listening to today, just two seconds before we recorded this interview, so it's so funny, was around, you know, hearts are meant to be broken. They're meant to be broken. And, you know, your heart is strong enough to withstand, right, being broken again and again and again. And it just gets more powerful. It just gets stronger. And that brokenheartedness is sort of what life is about. We bring our vulnerability to the table because that's what life is. And then we realize that we're safe, that we're okay, that nothing can deprive us of our own inner being, our own inner worthiness, our own inner loveliness. And that, you know, sometimes it'll get dinged and bruised, but, you know, that's part of the expansion and no one can ever take away what's essential to us. And that's sort of the message that the guides want you to have now that that former you, and there's so many we could grab, but that's the one they're grabbing for you today. You're protecting a vulnerability that though you felt, and you probably were very powerless in that lifetime or felt very powerless or didn't feel like you could totally step into your power because of those circumstances. Number one, that's not the case now. And number two, you have more understanding where you can start to come in and remind yourself hearts are meant to be broken and mind can take it. Mind can take it and it will grow and expand again and again and again and again and again and again, not through hardship or pain or just for understanding that, you know, part of that expansion process sometimes is allowing myself to just be a little bit more vulnerable with myself, with the world and knowing that, you know, no harm can truly come to me. Yeah, I've I've experienced, like I said, a lot of intense lifetimes in Egypt that I'm aware of, but also incredible power and beauty. But it's interesting as I'm there now, because I feel like my heart is very open Mm -hmm. when I'm in Egypt um, in a way that feels very different than it does in other places. So yeah, it's, it's been a really fascinating experience. And also, because in this lifetime, I'm so very obviously a foreigner. But now as a foreigner, you have a power Mm -hmm. that's different. As an American, as a foreigner, it actually gives you, you probably were a foreigner in that past lifetime because like that just really resonates. Now it's the opposite where now as a foreigner, you're left out of certain things, but you also have a power that the women that are Egyptian don't have Yeah, and a freedom that they don't have. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's very healing. And it's interesting to bring up music too, because I just found a music studio and a recording studio in Egypt. And it, it's such a strong message. Like I need to use my voice there. Yes. So that was, that's so interesting that the lifetime you brought up involves singing and using my voice. So I literally, even though I was only in town for a couple of weeks, I even found a studio and I already started recording there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's really powerful. I feel that they're an important audience for you, but I also mm-hmm. feel like there's some sort of you probably already know this and and again, feel into your own vibe, but there's some sort of a hybrid too with Egyptian music and yep. the kind of music that you make that you would like to create that I think will be very powerful, potent and important. And um, not just there, I think it'll go like crazy there, but probably here is not even here so much, but like, you know, globally. I mean, it's an energy that's very needed to share. And it's also very freeing for that past life because she was so talented and so beautiful. And I do believe that she ended up in that past lifetime dying of wasting away. So almost like anorexia, like we would call it now, she just lost her will to eat. Mm, Interesting. It might not have been understood the same way it is now, but at a certain point, like she was saying, like she's telling me like the fruits of life were just no longer pleasing to me. And she just literally wasted away. She just stopped eating. Mm, That's so interesting. Yeah, I just want to say that part about the music really resonated. In fact, I wrote a song 
I think I was early high school, I think, so maybe 14, 15. That is Egyptian sounding, somewhat oriental in sound. I mean, I'm not saying it's like traditional music, but that's a song I'm working on there is this, but I want it to be electronic. And so, yeah, this definitely this fusion. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can hear it and see it. (laughs) I'm excited. And just make sure that when you record, because this feels like this isn't always easy for you, but I could be wrong. Make sure that when you record, you really allow your vulnerable heart. You know, it's like this little chirping bird. Let her sing. Let her sing. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how it comes out. Like do it completely from your joy. Do it completely and know that you are completely free. You're completely free to do whatever you want. And um, the sky's the limit. And that will be what this past life version of you would very much love to experience with you. And oh my God, her voice is beautiful. So, you know, when you sing, I just can't wait to hear the the notes that come out of your throat. It's going to be gorgeous. It probably already is. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. My voice is like my strength and my weakness. You know, it's like when I get sick, it it settles in my throat and everything I do involves my voice, podcasting, singing, kind of writing, even my voice in terms of written word. So yeah, it's a really interesting exercise, but I'm excited. uh, And I I feel like there's going to be, yeah, some significance to working on that in Egypt specifically. The safer you feel, the clearer it will be. So just remember that as, you know, you feel more safe and remember too, hearts are made to be broken, not because we have to be tough, but because it's safe to be gentle. Mm. Okay. There's another past life that wants to come through that was really warring with this one, which is a completely different area, which is so cool because you just said Orient and that's where it is. Um, And I don't always receive past lives, by the way. I do lots of different things, but (laughs) for you, they're just flowing. And this one I have to kind of follow because it's very strong, but it's a marketplace and it's a very loud marketplace and you're a very little child. And I'm pretty sure it's in an East Asian country. I want to say China. It feels China to me, but it could be somewhere else, but you're validating China. So we're going with that. And it's very loud. You're a little child. I can't tell if you're a girl or a boy because your hair is cut short. All I get is you're a little child and it's very loud. And somehow, you know, you went to pet a turtle or something in the market and you got lost from your family. You got separated from your family. And there's something in you that knows at this moment that you're never going to find them again, that you got separated and you're never going to find them again. And I think it was sort of you were lured away and it's the equivalent sort of of being lured into the circus, right? You were lured away. And again, I don't really know there might be a bigger context to why like sort of no one came looking for you or what the situation was. Mm -hmm. And there might've even been money exchanged because it was like at, you know, a weird period of time. I just know that you got lost in a marketplace and you ended up following somebody or something where you ended up being like a performer, a trained performer away from your family. Does this one resonate with you? Have you seen this one before? I haven't seen this one, but I know that I've had many lives as a performer and a sort of circus performer. Like, I mean, I literally like when I was young, (laughs) that was a very comfortable idea to be like this, like in the circus circus group, which is, that's not typical. (laughs) In fact, I've always ended up around circus performers in one way or another. That's hysterical. And you live in Vegas, which to me is like the ultimate circus, right? There's literally (laughs) a circus training center, like, you know, very well known, very famous here. I've done circus training. I've done um, low flying trapeze. I've done fabric. I've done something called the wheel of death. (laughs) Oh my gosh. In a lot of big, like Cirque du Soleil type shows. Yeah. So yeah, that resonates. And I want to tell you, because I don't know if I ever told you this before, but as I mentioned, sometimes I think we get kind of pulled to places where we have a lot of past life energy. And I actually lived in China for a year. 
course you did. Of course you did. (laughs) I worked and lived in Shanghai. Wow. That is exactly where I think it was because, ooh, I just got a a tingle. It feels like a kind of loud, big trade-centric city where just, you know, like if you look the wrong way, like there was just boats going here and boats going there. I don't have no idea where Shanghai is. So just excuse my lack of knowledge, but it feels like, you know, like it was just so fast moving that it was easy for people to get lost, to get misplaced. You know, you get on the wrong boat and and there you are and no one's ever going to see you again. And it was a little bit like that. And, you know, you were kind of abducted is what it looks like. But like, there was just so much, you know, yeah, definitely. Cause I can see the distraught of the family that you left behind. You were so young. You couldn't have been more than like four years old. And it's just like, these things happened. These things just happened all the time. And it wasn't a terrible life because again, you have such a drive over all these bodies to perform <laughs> that, you know, and you were very, very good. And, you know, the thing was, is that they had been watching you for a period of time and they knew what they were looking for. So as if you were like a child model or something. And nowadays, if you were a child model, someone would come and ask your parents, you know, hey, you know, we'd like to give them a contract and give them yeah. money rather than like, <laughs> we're going to lure them and take them away on a boat and you'll never see them again or know what happened to them, which unfortunately was, was the damage that was sustained in this particular lifetime. But the thing was, you were so young. I mean, I think that you didn't consciously even process the loss. It was just like, oh, okay, now we're going here. You know, you did for a while and then you kind of forgot and moved on. And you did have, I don't know why it comes through to tell you, but you did have a surrogate parent in that situation, like an older, not old, but like a, probably a a teenager that sort of took you on and parented you. She had some problems because probably she was attracted to the circus for similar, you know, reasons, whatever, but she really, 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 really took care of you. And if you have a sister in this body or a friend that really feels like a sister in this body, particularly if it's an older one, that would be her. Hmm. No one comes to mind, but I'll just, you know, put it out there and see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you came to visit me, I don't think it's from this lifetime, but I will tell you, my friend, when you came to visit me at Cactus Blossom, I was like immediately seeing that we had been sisters before. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling into that, but I don't know if it's from this one because I have, I have no circus affiliation or interest. <laughs> whatsoever, but yeah, it's such a funny thing because I've always had that awareness and been really drawn to the circus Yeah, and that's not like in my family or anything. It's very odd, you know, actually (laughs) it's not common. And you were super good with the animals. Like that was in this particular one, you were super good with the animals and you did tricks on the animals with the animals, with the horses, with the dogs, with the rooster. And when you were young, it was sort of a, a novelty. I don't know why they're giving us so much information, but I'm sure it's all relevant. Well, and it's interesting because now I'm an animal communicator and I do, I love animals. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's like your new, mm-hmm. oh my God, that, that's why they brought this yeah. one up. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. At first it was a novelty and they chose you just because you were like really cute and, you know, like they figured they could use you and you were very charming and you were very like, they just, they knew you had that it factor and they were going to, you know, just use you, you know, you were a prop basically, but you develop deep relationships with the animal friends. And I see you like eventually actually rising to being like, you know, an older man. So I guess you were a boy because now I see you as a man who was like the animal trainer of like all the animals and you spoke to all the animals. And so you, you know, like beyond performing, you ended up when you were kind of too old to perform because when you were young, it was till about, you know, teens or something like that. And then it wasn't so interesting anymore to have the novelty and you became like 
you were the one that kind of took care of and trained all the animals because you would communicate with them. So it's really cool. Mm, Fun. Yay. All right. So I can get some answers to more questions, but what else? I think that sort of other track of the, you know, stepping into the next level specifically of my purpose with big, bigger media, television, you know, entertainment, that's becoming clear that that's important right now. So I'm just curious to see what you get about that. Yes. On both of these past lifetimes, what I'm being shown is the theme is around not fully owning your power. You loved what you were doing, right? But in both of those cases, you weren't free to manage your own career. You weren't free. You were working with the constraints of someone else. You were very disempowered. You were a prop. You were their possession in both of these instances, right? So there wasn't a freedom uh, that you have now. And when I look at the freedom that you have now, it's a little daunting. It's a little scary. It's a little overwhelming. It's like, you know, you know, you're the author of your own everything and you know, you know how to do it on one level. Like, cause I see you going up there and painting the marquee with your name. On the other hand, it's around exploring. Let me get this from the guides. It's around really feeling into the freedom to create your own path. And the other thing that comes up, you know, when we talk about, you know, these other two lifetimes in particular, and those are very particular, somewhat bizarre situations, right, of you being a performer under those two rubrics. But I just want to say that's so normal for me. (laughs) It's in my past life. (laughs) So it's interesting because, you know, I think when we're going through something as a soul, we do it over and over and over again. So that's like being a performer in some capacity is it's what I do as a soul. Yeah. I see it. And in this body, what I feel like you are going to, and you do it in some ways and not in others. In some ways you do it spectacularly. Like I'm going to use my own paintbrush. I'm going to paint exactly how I want to paint. I don't care if you like what I painted. It's exactly what I'm going to paint. You're deepening into that. You're deepening, you're releasing more layers of caring what other people think, caring what other people want, caring how you need to present yourself because that's what other people think. And every time you shed one of those layers, Laura, you're going to be more effective and you're going to attract in even more because this is a lifetime that has always wanted to be lived on your terms. And I think Mm -hmm. the most powerful lessons again and again and again for you is owning your own sovereignty. That's the word that comes through again and again and again on every level in your male-female relationships and your friend relationships and your professional relationships with your clients, with your family. Like it's a theme around sovereignty. And part of that too is in your career because show business, and you know this way better than I do because I'm not in that career at all. But show business to me, and I had another guest on the show who's a musician, and we talked about this recently. And I know you're a musician too, but she had been like a child star it's, you can almost feel like a slave to it because there's such a, this is, you know, think about the actresses. I know that you have worked, you know, as a psychic for so many people in show business, right? The information that they get around how they have to look, what they have to do with their hair, what they can eat, right? How much they have to train, what kind of roles they should take, who they can date, you know? And like how vocal they can be about dating them. And that's gotten a little bit better. It's almost again, and even the whole studio system, right? That the movie, the, I mean, that was slavery in a way. The old time studio system, they like basically owned you, right? And so, you know, part of what you're working through now is around owning your sovereignty through this experience, you know, wearing your hair the way you want it, taking the roles that you want to take, saying no when you mean no, and knowing that you can walk away from something and something better will come along. 
Yeah, that's been a huge theme and basically just not working with the people who don't value you. And I think that applies not just to entertainment, but, you know, any other industry. I just saw the movie Air. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that movie. It's the story of the development of the Air Jordan shoe as it relates to Michael Jordan. And one of the huge messages in there as a whole is like honoring your value and knowing your worth because essentially... Michael Jordan's contract with Nike, where he got a percentage of sales with anything with his name on it was unheard of. And basically athletes, athletes are type of entertainer, right? It's just in a a different venue, but it's still entertainment, right? It's still people going to like, you know, enjoy and, and observe. And historically, basically these big mega corporations would make all the money and the name, the person entertaining them would get very little. And he totally changed the game. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh, that's for me too, that we all have our own autonomy. And it's basically for us to own our value and only connect and work with those who do and push to have, you know, a contract that honors that. Yes. Yes. And it's not just on the contract. Again, it's you tuning in again and again with every role that you take, every song that you do, every, everything, does this feel right and true to me on the deepest level? Not on the level of like, I want to please, or I want to be famous. You can be famous. You're going to be famous. You already are famous. I mean, I've been viewed tens of millions of times. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the deeper level, like, is this resonant with my soul? Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's not resonant with your soul, walk away. And the deeper thing that they want to communicate too, that, you know, you're feeling into, and you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, again, because it's so important. Whatever resonates with your soul brings you joy. So you can also look at it this way. If this isn't fun, if I don't like this, like again, in all those other lifetimes or the two lifetimes that we talked about, which are probably representative of many more, um, sense of which you actually liked the thing that you were doing, even though you did not choose to do it, but you didn't necessarily have any freedom over how you did it, how you were rewarded for it. You know, the freedom was so very limited. So it never really felt like a choice, even though you could wake up every day and say, I don't hate where I am. And and your soul obviously drew you there for a reason. And it was exactly what you were meant to do in both bodies, um, which is sort of why you were discovered in the way that you were, you know, you weren't a house slave, you were a singing slave, right? Or whatever. Like it was what you wanted to do. It was resonant, but you didn't fully and completely experience your joy in either of those bodies and doing what you were doing because you didn't, you didn't fully experience your freedom. And so now you can explore and follow your joy, whatever excites you, whatever lights you up, whatever feels fun, free, amazing to the full and complete capacity that you have. And that's what you're being called to do. And I know that you're feeling this as I say it, because I'm seeing you. And it's not about what other people think. It's not about how, quote unquote, successful you are, because we all know that actually the best kind of success is the one that comes from our joy, right? It's natural. It's normal. We create it from joy and then more joy arrives. So it's a around that. And so watch the constraints that might still be in your head, you know, around what you think is possible, where you think you're valuable, what you think is good and what you think is not like, you know, it's, it's an internal freedom as well. Just really feeling into what brings you uniquely pleasure following that and knowing that you can say no now to anything that doesn't because you are truly and completely free. I love this. No, it's definitely been a theme that's come into my conscious awareness from the guides. Are you familiar with the Hawkins scale of consciousness? Yes, yes, yes. But you can share with listeners. Yeah. So for those who aren't, it's uh, created by a man named David Hawkins, who's actually passed on since he, you know, created it. But 
He's written several books and he created something called the scale of consciousness where he actually muscle tested all of it. But essentially there's an energetic sort of frequency and vibration from the lowest to the highest. So right. at the bottom being like fear, anger, hatred, you know, et cetera, apathy. And then almost at the very top is joy. Yeah. And it's like basically ascension, you know, blah, blah, joy above love. Joy is above love, which I think yeah. is so interesting. And that's what I'm being guided to step into is more that brings me joy. And it's so interesting because yes. I think there's a lot of judgment about that in society. Like almost like if it's not hard work or, you know, um, you don't suffer in some way, like it's not valid somehow. And I found that I'm really being guided to more and more joy and things are starting to come in. Yes. Like I did a TV thing that was very fun. And, you know, I loved it. And and just yesterday I actually was hired to perform in a magic thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was like fabulous. And I had the best time. So that is really resonant for me right now. Right. And remember too, everything that we ever pursue in life, we pursue because we think it's going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the human way is just keep chasing that thing. <laughs> it's going to make you happy. That's the way humans think. But the fact of the matter is the more you can just enjoy and be happy and allow in and invite in the experiences that make you happy. And of course, find happy everywhere, which is something that you learn to do very nicely in those two past lives to the best of your ability. But now you are free to create even more. When we flow from joy, that's when we create the most magnificent things, right? And um, you have that potential to do it. So yeah, I'd follow everything that brings you joy. You're incredibly strategic. I'm not worried about you figuring out the career piece. Like that's just super easy for you. But it's around loosening that just a little bit so the joy comes first. And then the strategy is a way of just weaving together all the wonderfulness that you are experiencing and creating and making it even more fun because you've liked the strategy too. I do. It totally makes sense. And it, it really resonant. And it's, it's funny. I used to be in a place where I felt like I really had to work hard and push and kind of like hustle to create certain things. And I've, I've had a recent shift where it's like, it's all coming. It's just a matter of the exact, you know, direction, exactly which avenue, for example, but like, I don't need to worry about it or, you know, right. push really hard. Like it's coming. It's just a matter of making choices day to day. Yeah. And those of us who have early conditioning around lack, especially like lack of abundance, which I know is your story yes. from talking mm-hmm. to you, right? When we, when we have that, you know, it does, that's the early conditioning of saying, I always have to be on my guard. I have to get more. I have to climb out of this hole. So what'll help you with that now is just recognize there's no hold to make sure. And I know you do this, but do it even more. You know, if you can just keep tuning into the abundance that you've created around you, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It was always there. You know, you just early on didn't, see it because the people around you were blocking it and you were dependent on them. So absolutely, you know, if they were blocking the flow, it was harder for you to find, but those times are long gone. And we also understand that sometimes those early experiences create such beautiful momentum for us to, you know, soar later in life. So it's, it's all perfect and good, but when that comes up for you and that's that feeling of, I need to work, I need to push, I need to, because it comes from this feeling of not having enough and always needing to work hard to be enough but now recognize I am enough and I have enough and it's all good. And, you know, just make sure that you take a lot of time. I know you already do this because they're saying you already do this. So it's mostly validation, you know, enjoy that cup of coffee, enjoy the car, (laughs) enjoy the apartment, the view, the travel, whatever abundance, 
whatever that means to you, because abundance isn't even always material. But I think for you, you're very comforted by the material manifestations of your abundance. And that's, that's beautiful. Really feel into that. I'm a, I'm a Taurus. So <laughs> I know I get it. Taurus moon, Taurus rising, man. I like my stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it brings me joy, <laughs> you know, and um, my Pisces son was like, what the heck until an astrologer explained to me, no, 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 your Taurus moon needs this. <laughs> so yeah, so feel into that, you know, whatever that means to you and just be soothed by the fact that you've created this, that it's yours and it's not, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to continue to blossom and grow and be there for you. Yeah. I just want to say I'm super appreciative of what I have. I mean, coming from, you know, poverty at a, a young age and now I have a, already a really amazing lifestyle. I basically just do whatever <laughs> I want. And I, exactly. you know, I live in a lovely home. I have a beautiful car. I jet set around. I go out to eat all the, you know, I, I know that I have Freedom. a re, yeah, yeah. And a really lovely lifestyle and I'm so blessed. And yet at the same time, and I feel like I'm sharing this for the audience, everyone who's listening, that there's more. And the more I'm in appreciation of what I have now, the more it will come. There's another psychic I know who does, she does like coaching. Are you familiar with Joanna Hunter? Have you connected with her? I don't think so. Maybe I should connect you too because she's coming up for a reason and she's fabulous. You both have podcasts, so. I always love your connections. Oh, thanks. Yes, I love it. It's like psychic connections. She told a story once which really resonated. This was when she was earlier on, she went to an event and she asked a speaker at this event, about bringing in more abundance because at that point she was um, financially very constrained and now she's she's very abundant. She's I think she makes multiple seven figures or seven figures certainly. And the speaker said to her, Joanna, if you aren't happy with what you have now, what makes you think you'll be happy with more later? Right. And when she told that story, that was so resonant to me. And I think we're trained to like, yes, try to get more, want more. And, and that's good in terms of drive. But also, the more we're in gratitude for everything that we currently have, the more we attract and the more we can just appreciate everything. Right. Well, what you want is to feel good. Yes. So if you are chasing feeling good, like you're going to be chasing a long time and you're telling the universe that I am chasing and you're not telling the universe that I know how to receive. So when you tune into what you've already created and feel appreciation for the abundance, which is you, wherever you can find it and be patient with yourself when you forget too, because we all do that. You know, you get the double whammy of enjoying life now, which is all you want to do anyway. And then of course, it's from that, that stream of enjoyment that we tend to attract even more joyous things. I also want to share too, it's feeling to come in. So I have done a lot of traveling in in places that are quite poor in American terms, right? In terms of just money-wise. So, you know, Egypt being one place, China. And one of the things that strikes me often is how unhappy most Americans are for being as wealthy as they are. And I remember that when I went to Egypt, that it's a, it's a, you know, relatively speaking, a poor country, like most people live on hundreds of dollars a month as their whole, you know, everything, housing, food, medical, everything. And I remember seeing a little boy, this is when I worked there about 20 years ago, he had a donkey, which means he wasn't a sport son because he actually had a donkey and he had no shoes and he was scooping up camel dung with his hands, which I guess they use for fuel. And I was like, wow, like that's so, you know, such a different level in terms of monetary wealth than most Americans are. And yet Egyptians as a whole are so much happier. (laughs) Yeah. I could feel that because I'm an empath and it just really struck me. And I think I'm sure you have a large American audience and people elsewhere, but just for us to really 
appreciate, you know, what we have because worldwide, even if you're poor here, you're still rich compared to a lot of the world's. Absolutely. And even if you're poor, appreciate that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Appreciate whatever you can find. Laura, we got to wrap it up. Is there anything else, any lingering questions or anything else you'd like guidance on before we uh, close her down? I don't have any questions, but I just want to, you know, be in gratitude and, and thank you so much for this beautiful channeling. And something I say when I do on-air readings is if you're listening to this, then the message is also for you because we all yes, have ma'am. these like psychic energy connections and beliefs and patterns that connect us all. So, you know, I, I feel like everyone listening is being guided to step into those new levels, enjoy what they have and express themselves to new levels as well. Yeah. And freedom, freedom. living with freedom. This is your message. Really feel into like where you'd like to expand that in your life. You already have so much and it's just deepening your levels of feeling free. Yes. And it's so interesting because I've talked with other entrepreneurs and there's a term for those of us who are entrepreneurs that we're unemployable. Meaning <laughs> like t- to get a standard job, I can't even imagine that because I'm so used to the level of freedom that I have now. And yeah. that is like the most important thing. I think that's one of my values in life right now is just people, if I want to take off to another country tomorrow, I literally can just be like, okay, and just do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Beautifulness yes. and internal freedom too. All right. This was so much fun. I'm so glad that you reached out and wanted to do this and yay. And I know as you just said, it's going to benefit lots of people. They always, 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 always do. If you want to get a reading with yours truly, uh, you can do that too, though not for free. Go to my website, victoriashawintuitive.com, and you can schedule one there. You can join us over in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where I still occasionally do free group readings. And you can also join us over in the Intuitive Connection Premier Community ongoing membership, where we do lots of fun stuff, including some group readings and coaching. So check at any of those things or just keep listening to the podcast because I love that too. You know how grateful I am to each and every one of you for letting me do what I love to do and enjoy the rest of your day and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.